This is What The Flux. I'm Brett. And I'm Justin. And it's Thursday, the 8th of April. Justin, it is on. New Zealand is going to open a quarantine-free travel bubble with Australia from April 18th. Incredible. Great for us, great for the tourism, hospitality and aviation industries. Mm. And apparently, flights are selling like hotcakes. Sounds great. Brett, Bezos, Musk and Kardashian West? Ooh. Yep, that is right. Kim Kardashian West is officially a billionaire, according to Forbes. Cool. And it's largely thanks to her work across TV and her beauty brand KKW. Three really valuable stories today, Justin. Let's do it. For our first, Canva, the Australian-born graphic design software company, has been valued at $19.6 billion Ooh, after a new investment round of US $71 million bucks. Wow. So close to the $20 billion valuation. Mm. So what's happening here, Brett? Well, Canva was founded in 2012 and is a platform that lets individuals and businesses basically create graphic designs for social media, mm-hmm. presentations, posters, etc. And get this, Canva now has 55 million monthly users and 3 million paying customers. And now, Justin, the company has got to the point where it makes 500 million bucks in revenue every Ooh. year. Now, Brett, this investment includes some big names, including one of the founders from none other than Atlassian. And this isn't their first rodeo. Mm. Canva has now raised more than $500 million Jeez. from 13 individual rounds of funding. And it's raised that money from a specific type of investor named a venture capital investor. And if there is one special skill that the Canva founders have, it's raising money from venture capitalists. (laughs) So what's the key learning here? Venture capital, aka VC, is a form of private investment provided to startup companies that are believed to have major long-term growth potential. It can be risky for investors because they're investing early on in the life of these companies. And many will go on to fail and die. But Brett, the potential for outstanding financial returns is a pretty attractive payoff. Venture capital firms around the world have been involved in some major success stories. I'm talking Facebook, Airbnb, and of course, Uber. So for Canvas investors, particularly the ones that were in the first 12 rounds of investment, this is a sweet, sweet money-making moment. For our second story, the Sydney Opera House has launched its own streaming service to compete with Netflix. <laughs> Gotta love the innovation from the Opera House. So what is the story here? Right, last year, i.e. COVID City, the Opera House broadcasted performances digitally mm-hmm. to get people watching their performances while they were close to physical audiences. And to basically remind us that they still exist. <laughs> hey guys, um, remember us uh, with the white-shaped shells? <laughs> we're still around and still relevant in a digital world, I promise. And Brett, as it happens, the on online version of their performances were very, very well received. We're talking 6.7 million views. And half of the content consumed by a global audience. So now, the Sydney Opera House has announced its own streaming platform with a highly, highly creative name, Justin. (laughs) I'm talking Stream. And it wants its platform to take on the big dogs like Netflix and Stan. So what's the key learning here? Since the wild success of stage musical Hamilton on Disney's Disney Plus streaming Mm -hmm. service, that was last year, all stage and theatre productions are taking notice. what's even more significant here is how arts organisations like the Opera House can use streaming as a way to get their performances in front of people who would otherwise never attend a show. For, say, financial reasons. Or for time reasons. Or for geographical reasons. So what the streaming platform will do will give a new potential audience a bit of a sample set. It also kind of lets consumers try the Opera House experience before they buy it. And considering that the Opera House's content is licensed globally, suddenly the organisation has a global audience. Not just the 14.5 
5 million Aussies that use subscription TV and streaming. Mm. For our third and final story, over 7 million Australians are understood to be included in a major leak of Facebook users' personal data, which includes phone numbers, locations, and email addresses. When will it end with Facebook? Won't someone think of the children? (laughs) Tell me more. Alright, well last week, leaked Facebook data was posted on a hacking forum. And this data leak includes personal info of more than 500 million Facebook users from over 100 countries. That's like nearly 10% of the whole global population. Now, it's understood that more than 7 million Australian user accounts were involved in the leak. So Fluxfam, we should all probably be a little alert regarding spam emails, text messages, or phone calls over the next couple of months. So what's the key learning here? There's plenty of reasons why Facebook is trying to downplay yet another data scandal. Talk me through it. Well, Justin, Facebook's track record of data security and ensuring its users' details are private, Mm -hmm. mm, not great. Not great at all. And this is a global problem for Facebook, but it's also a big problem here in Australia. Last year, the Australian Information Commissioner and the Privacy Commissioner, Mm -hmm. they began a court action against Facebook over potential breaches of privacy. And that was in relation to the old Facebook Cambridge Analytica scandal. And with Facebook capturing so much information on each of its users, like usage history, like purchase history, like even your romantic history, any small data breach has enormous repercussions. Mm -hmm. Fluxfam, there is nothing cooler than being informed when it comes to business news, and we all know your boss is extremely impressed with your new knowledge. So if you want to stay up to date with the latest business news, hit follow or subscribe. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.